Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. I'm Joel Grote. And I'm Lynn Wilder. And for the next 25 minutes, we're going to talk about the Great Grace Gamble. That can be a mouthful. (laughs) It was. Um, You're already looking at me a little bit skeptically. I'm sure the question is like, okay, wait a second. What does gambling have to do with grace? And uh, in a nutshell, the concept is this. Um, A gamble is when you aren't necessarily sure the outcome and you take a big risk. And so the great grace gamble is the idea that when it comes to grace and rescuing us, God from the very beginning puts all his cards on the table. He lets us know even before we make the choice to follow him, to choose repentance and faith, we already know from scripture that everything is done for us. So really, God's gamble is, you know, I'm telling them ahead of time, once they accept my love, once they trade their sin for the perfect righteousness of my son, they're in. Even on their worst day, I don't love them any less. There's no art of the gamble, a little bit of this, no negotiating, none of that. It's all or nothing, right? Right. And he lays it all out. And the question, and I've had people ask me this. Okay, so if you're saved by grace, if, if you don't have to do anything for your salvation, if it's all God and it's guaranteed, what's to keep you from just doing what you want then? So accept the grace, be saved, whatever that is, and then just go live how you want. You're in. It's a good question. And that's, that's kind of the gamble. So what I, what I just want us to talk about is, I guess, first of all, why would God do that? Why would God tell us ahead of time how it's all going to work and basically guarantee the end from the beginning. Well, the scriptures tell us a couple of things about God that might play into this. First, he's honest. He cannot lie. Absolutely. He's not going to withhold anything or just tell us a little bit necessarily at a time. He's gracious. Yes. He's merciful. He's loving. He loves mankind, right? He wants us to come to salvation. Scriptures also say something else about him. He doesn't do anything in secret. Mm, Very true. In fact, Jesus himself made that claim. I mean, when they're accusing him of this and that, and he says, wait, 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 wait. What have I ever taught in secret? What have I ever done in secret? It's all been right out here in the open. So what you're saying is part of the character of God is this openness, this authenticity, this transparency. Absolutely. And God models that even as he extends grace to us and invites us into relationship with himself. So leads me to another question then, Lynn. What does relationship look like without that authenticity and transparency? With God or with others? <laughs> let's start with either one. I think we need to talk about both. So let's talk about other people. Let's go Let's go the horizontal level first. Okay. You and I have both been married. I've been married to my wife for 35 years. You said you've been married to Mike for? 43. 43. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time together. Yes. 
a lot of time to do relationship. So tell me, on that horizontal level, how important, how does authenticity and transparency play into making the relationship work? And lack of secrecy, right? Yes. I mean, in order for an intimate relationship like that to work, you need there needs to be a level of trust and there needs to be mutual sharing and there there needs to be I know your secrets, you know mine. That's partly why we're connected, right? Yes. Yeah. That's all part of a healthy, intimate relationship. I think that's true with God as well. So yeah. God wants intimate relationship with his creatures. He does. And yet we're not equals, right? When we're no. not saved, right? Well, and even yeah. after, because we're talking about the infinite creator God of the universe who's always been, and we as finite creatures who, yes, were created in his image with the ability to love and reciprocate relationship. But yeah, we're far from equals when it comes to who God is in any sense. Yeah, I think of God up here, right? And me up here and never the two should meet except through Jesus, right? Exactly. And yet he wants relationship with us. And he doesn't just want relationship in that I just bow down and am so afraid. We see God inviting people into close, trusting, fellowship, relationship, mm -hmm. I mean, even the term Abba, where we get to cry out Abba to God, Father, in Greek, it's like Papa. I mean, it's what my kids called me growing up. I was Papa. And so Abba is that daddy, that, in, that term of endearment, and that we get to address the God of the universe by that intimate term of endearment is just an amazing thing. My own mother grew up in a very dysfunctional home, um, drug okay. abuse. So there, there was physical and sexual abuse in her past. Okay. Her father committed suicide when she was 11. She ended oh, up finding man. him and my mother went to a foster home. But the point of all that is when mom was 12, somebody took her to church. Okay. And she told me, at church, she found this God who cared whether she lived or died, poured out this amazing love over her so that even though she might have been an orphan on the earth, she was adopted yeah. into God's family and that that then healed her existence, right? Then became the most important relationship in her right. life. And then she grew up to be very emotionally and, and mentally healthy as a parent herself and then raised wonderful See, kids because she knew this amazing easy. God of the universe in an intimate relationship. Right. And that, see, that is just an incredible story of what, of how grace is there to transform, to transform relationships. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, to me, it's part of the reason why the whole subject is so fun, fascinating, exciting to me because grace is the conduit through which God comes to us. It's really the only conduit through which he could come mm -hmm. to us because when we walked away from God in Adam, I mean, once when Adam sinned, turned his back on God, decided to go his own way, Adam and Eve together, I firmly believe we were all there with him doing the same thing. And mm -hmm. so we are born alienated from God. The Apostle Paul says, you know, we're born children of wrath. And yet God says, you know what, you're children of wrath, but I, I want you back. 
and I'm going to make provision through Jesus, and I'm going to do it all for you so that all you have to do is come to me and trust me, trade your sin, that's what's separating us, take the righteousness of my son, that's why he came, so then you can be righteous so we can enter into this intimate relationship. What would you say, because I've, I've had people throw this out to me, well, listen, if that's really how it is, if all I have to do is trust in Jesus, and on my worst day, God still loves me like crazy, he still approves of me as his son, he still welcomes me, accepts me, I can climb up on his lap as my father, as my Abba. If that's true, why in the world wouldn't I just go ahead and do whatever I wanted? I mean, I'm good. If, if that's what God's done, sure, I'll take it. And now I'm just going to go do my own thing. Why not have fun? I, I'm in. I've got nothing to lose at this point. I guess I can be a little personal here, Joel. When I read the Bible and I surrendered the rest of my life to this amazing God of the Bible. And this is when in your history for people who maybe don't know a lot about 2006 you? 2006 for me. Okay. Cold October night in Utah Okay. In 2006. Everything changed. My point of view changed. What I cared about changed. This relationship with God began to become real. God began to answer my prayers. He started showing up. He freaked me out. <laughs> I learned he was real. Okay. And he no, wait, was wait, wait, wait. Living. I would, I, I need to stop you there just a minute. Because you were a Mormon at this point when you came to Christ. Are you saying as a Mormon you didn't believe God was real? Because I know you did. I mean, I, I have Mormon friends and... They believe God is real, but I, I'm just asking you because I think there's a nuance to this reality or there's an expansion of it that's different. Yeah, let me explain this to you. <laughs> so in Mormonism, I saw God the Father as kind of a punitive man waiting for me to mess up. I saw Jesus as kind of a brotherly, just like me, hang out. I can tell him anything. Okay, and that's part of the teaching. He's our elder brother, yep. One of the last times I was in the Mormon temple, I had a big aha moment. And I promise I, I won't um, say anything not sacred about the temple. Okay. But this is about God and, okay. and who he is in our relationship with him. I was in the temple, and there's a place in the temple where Adam prays to God, and then the next scene in the Mormon temple movie, you see God walking back and forth in heaven talking to Jesus. And God the Father, Heavenly Father, saying to Jesus, go down and check on the man Adam. And then Jesus goes to Peter, James, and John and says, go down and check on the man Adam. Okay. Well, they do that, and they report back up the priesthood line, and it says that the Father is surprised to find out that Satan is on the earth leading the posterity of Adam astray. And it hit me, wait a minute, Adam had just prayed to God. Did God not hear him? Was God not aware of his situation on the earth? And then it occurred to me, the Mormon God, the Father that I knew, had a body of flesh and bone. And then yep. I realized, wait a minute, that probably limits him 
from being able to be all places at once. Instead, right. it's more of a CEO kind of position where you send someone under you down to check, who under you down to check, under you down to check. And as I began to, I was reading the Bible at the time, and I knew that it said that God the Father was a spirit. Right. That's and then I realized somewhere we'll put that in the show notes. So the Mormon God has a body of flesh and bones, so it can't be all places at once, but the God of the Bible is a spirit. He can be all places at once. Wow. Body limits you. Can't hear someone's prayer. Can't be there right away. And I got mm, this sense. fascinating. Wow. We might have a bigger God here with this God who's a spirit. Okay, so he can be omni present because it can be all places at one time there's no limitations on that that also means he can be omniscient so he can know all things at one time other people don't have to report them to him right Right. yep and that because he's omniscient and and omnipresent then he also knows all things right so wow I was amazed at the God of the Bible. So this is now a God that you can know and be known by yes. immediately, yes. all the time, yes. any circumstance, because of, that's, that's fascinating. I'd never thought about, the. I mean, that's always been, you know, my God, having grown up in um, a Christian home, as I've said before, you know, sons of missionaries, lots of Bible classes. So, okay, that that clarifies it, and hopefully that helps people that are listening, too, to see the distinction. So back to this intimate relationship now with God. How does that change you and as you enter into relationship with him? What does that begin to transform in you? I began to see that he was bigger. One of, one of my favorite chapters in the book, Unveiling Grace, that I wrote a few years ago is called Biggie Size Your God. Okay. <laughs> God can know you, you can know him, and he's intimate and personal, right? It yes. says in, I think it's First Timothy 2, 5, something about, having this purpose before the ages began. Right, for our very lives, yes. Yeah. So I'm not just a cog in the machine, but he knows and loves me and drew me to Jesus, and my life might have purpose, right? Right. And certainly for me, that has unfolded. (laughs) You've had an amazing life so far in terms of what God has opened up for you in terms of life and ministry and family. Okay, so I want to go back now to this to this whole gamble thing. Because God is all this and because he knows us intimately, he knows us better than we know ourselves. So on our worst day, even when we know it's a worst day, I still don't think we ever tap the depths of our own depravity. I mean, the older I get, I feel like in one sense I'm sinning less. I mean, certain sins maybe don't plague me as much, far from perfect. But what I'm seeing is the deep-rootedness of that sin is is way more bound up in who I am. It's a whole lot more 
subtle and the way I relate in what I do. And so to think that, okay, I'm only seeing maybe the surface of my sinfulness. God sees it all. And even though he sees it all, he's still crazy about me and he wants this relationship with me. So to me, I mean, rather than being intimidating, that's freeing because God's already seen the worst in me. He already knows the worst about Joel, just like he knows the worst about Lynn. And yet he still wants that connection, that intimacy. He wants to love me. He wants me to love him. And he wants to work through me to love other people. Right. And that's where you begin to feel God pours out in you his amazing love. And then you want to share that with other people. And then you watch that love change other people's lives. And it's like nothing I had experienced before I gave my life to the biblical right. Jesus. Which for me is exactly why anybody who's ever been touched by this love, anybody who's experienced this incredible grace of God, they are not going to then turn and live in a way that purposefully hurts God. They're not going to do something that wrecks that intimacy. Remember when I was in one of, it was, in fact, it was my very first trip to Cuba. I ran into a kind of a, a guy who was a street hustler. There's a lot of them there. And so he's trying to talk English to me. I'm fluent in Spanish. I grew up in Venezuela, South America. He doesn't know that. So he comes up in kind of his broken English. Hey, man, how's it going? You know, you want to buy some cigars? You want to buy some rum? It's like, no, I'm not, you know, not interested. And so we're talking. And I finally think, I need to break it to him that I know Spanish because this is almost painful. So I finally say, hey, can you teach me some words in Spanish? And he's like, oh, yeah. So how do you say this? And so he says, and I immediately repeat it back to him beautifully. And he stops and he goes, wait, wait, wait a second. <laughs> well, anyway, we ended up going, and he finally said, hey, you know, would you mind, you know, buying me something to drink? I'm thirsty. Can we go? So I know a good place. I'm like, sure, I'm, so let's go talk. I'm thinking, here's a, here's a divine appointment. Who knows what God has for this guy? So I'm going to take advantage. So we go and we sit down. Um, and we're drinking something cold, and one of his buddies comes in, and he's like, hey, what's going on? Hey, this is Joel, I just met him, and okay. So we start talking about relationships, and they start bragging about how many women they've had, because in within Cuba, Latin American culture, I mean, that's a big sign of manhood. It's, you know, it's how many and how fast and how often, and, and then they look at me, and so what about you? I said, well, I was a virgin when I got married, and I'd been married to the same woman at that point. It was about 28 years. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. You've only had one woman, 28 years. Like, yeah. I said, why would you do that? And I said, well, and at this point, you're praying while you're thinking, because not expecting the conversation to go in this direction. So I was like, okay, God, how do I make this relevant to these two guys who have no context? So I finally just said, well, you know about investments, right? And yeah, you know, invest money, you invest time. We spent about 45 minutes together. We've invested time with one another. We have a relationship in just that 45 minutes. Well, yeah, yeah, you're a great guy. You know. Okay, think about this. I have been with my wife for 28 years. Why would I want to throw away 28 years of relationship invested over a one-night stand? Why would I want to do that? And I remember them both of them just stopping silently, looking at me with these wide eyes. And they turned, one looked at the other one and said, dude, we don't even think this way. <laughs> yes. And it was, but it was such a great, and to me, it was such a great mm. picture. And it's the same thing with, with God. As I've experienced his love and his grace, why would I want to purposefully, intentionally betray God? I mean, and not that I don't. I mean, that's the thing. We're not perfect. But 
I'm not going to choose a lifestyle that's repeatedly betraying the God who loves me mm. because God's made that relational investment in me. We, we've got the relational investment back. That then becomes the basis for how we live out the rest of our relational lives, um, which is why we can have marriages of decades and that only gets richer. And what I would like to suggest to the people listening is the same is true with God. Every day you're faithful to God. Every day you trust him. Every day you experience his grace. That relationship deepens. And read his word. That's yes. how I well, got to know him. That's where yeah. he is. That's, I mean, that's yeah. how we learn about the great grace gamble and who this God is. is in fact, he's revealed it all to us. We have no excuse to not know him. So, any other thoughts? I, oh. The gamble's amazing. Um, and so worth it. Life is so much better on this side that I would never go back to where I was. And every day I try to remember to be grateful. And often yes. several times throughout the day I'll say, Lord, <laughs> you know, thank you for being there. Thank you for relationship. Thank you for drawing me to Jesus that I might be a child of God. Right. And then the opportunity to share that because I think... Like you've said, the deeper you go with that, the more experience, the more you experience God that way, the more you want other people to do it. Mm. So the more I want my kids to know God that way, the more I want, you know, their marriages to reflect that, the more I want yes. people to be brought yes. into that amazing grace relationship that God starts out as a gamble almost, you think, until you until you understand, until you know he knows how it's going to work. He knows that when we're touched, we're going to be drawn toward him. Mm. And he knows if anything, that's only going to spread it because we're going to become conduits for that grace to other people. The first pastor that Mike and I had and when we moved to Florida used to have us hold up our Bibles and say, show me your love letters. And he was... Uh. He yep. would refer to the Bible as God's love letters to you. And I began to see it that way. And that's what it is, this word of God. Yes. Um, it's, uh, um, I've had people say, well, you know, it's just there. It's the same. I said, well, here, let me pause because your perspective can change everything on the word. If you go to the word like a picture something you've got on a frame on a wall. You get a new picture in your house. You see it for probably the first week or two. After that, you just walk by it. It doesn't change, it's static. I said, but right next to the picture is a window. You never stop looking at that window. Why? Because everything outside the window is changing. Even though it's the same view, there's always, and I said, so when you go to the Bible, please don't go to the Bible as a picture, as a static something that's in the frame that's dry, that's dusty, that's simply old. This is a window to the very heart of God. And every time you open it, you get to see a different facet, a different aspect of God. And let that draw you in. Go to the window in expectation for what God's going to show you about himself. And that... Living and active, it says, right? Word of God. Right. Yeah. And it's not not only informational about him, it's informational about you <laughs> as yes. you're in relationship <laughs> with him and in what kind of things make your life rich 
right exactly and what kind of things to stay away from and i think if we're honest what enriches our lives most are not things mm -hmm. it's the relationships that we share with people and with god and god knows that and so he invites us into that rich rich relationship with himself that again is only available through grace mm -hmm. it's only there once we cross over and we get invited into that that state of being accepted so on our worst day um he's still a god who loves us well good stuff again so Woo! thanks for the insight thanks for the sharing um thank you so much for being with us we are so glad you've decided to join us on this podcast we hope that it has encouraged you we just hope that the material that we cover helps your lives and your love flourish in Jesus. Love to hear from you. Absolutely. Feel free to leave comments. Feel free to write us via the podcast. Um, who knows? We may even share some of that in future podcasts. Absolutely. We have all kinds of wonderful stories I think we can share. Huh? So let us go forward. Let us be imperfect people who are perfectly loved by God. God bless you. Well, I hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as Lynn and I have enjoyed putting it together for you. You can connect with Lynn and I via the website we have dedicated to the podcast. You can find it at unveilinggracepodcast.com. That's unveilinggracepodcast.com where you can find all of our past episodes, the show notes, and a place to leave your questions, your stories, and contact either Lynn or myself, Joel, directly. One final thing. Would you be willing to partner with Lynn and I and help us keep this podcast on the air? Any and every donation you make helps us cover the cost of producing and broadcasting these episodes all over Utah on KUTR Radio and around the world via the Unveiling Grace podcast website. You can donate quickly and securely right from our website, unveilinggracepodcast.com. Once you are on the site, click on the Donate tab and look at the options available. Every week, we are reaching lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ and sharing a grace that heals. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We hope you'll join us next time for another conversation devoted to taking your life and relationships to another level of healing. You may connect with us and leave your questions, comments, plus find the show notes at unveilinggracepodcast.com. That's unveilinggracepodcast.com, where you can experience a grace that heals. Mm -hmm.